we're going to be, um, the Lord's just really been instructing me to just continue with the idea of our uh, relationships with him, but also our relationship to one another. And today we're going to be looking at it in the context of the image of God. Um, follow along with me. We're going to be looking at scriptures that are going to be in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 32, and then Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 17. And so we're going to be looking at the image of God um, in this. So follow along with me um, as, I, as I read. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through uh, 26 through 28, and chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. Then God said, let there be, let, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creep, creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea, and over the, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing moves on the earth. Let's go to Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Genesis 5, 1 through 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of his son, in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 22 through 32. Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 32. Twenty-two through 32. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of the seed, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put away the new self, which is which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. And therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who is in, one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. But all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. 
Now let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 27. Colossians 3, verses 9 through 27. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created them. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, the Christ is all and in all. So as to those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is a perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you, with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word. And as we're looking at this, folks, I just want to just encourage us to think about these things. Who are we? Where did we come from? For what purpose are we here on this earth? Those are, I think, questions that people often ask themselves. Maybe not openly, maybe not overtly, but these are questions that people ask themselves. Uh, these are questions that we often think about in our mind. Uh, I know that people um, have questions about that, questions about their existence, and questions about the reasons why we're here. Well, why am I here? Why is this? Why am? What's the purpose for me in this life? Why? What? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, Today we're going to be attempt to look at the answer to those questions, albeit briefly, um, to show that who we are and where we came from and what our purpose is here. And it's going to be important in that, um, as we're going to see, that our purpose is going to be in our relationship with God um, and then our relationship to one another. Amen. And we're going to look at three specific points: His image in us in the likeness of God, and according to his image. And let's look at our first point. In his image, his image in us. That's Genesis 1, 26 through 28, and verses um, 5 through, um, Genesis 5, 1 through 3. So let's look at this as we, as we, um, as we, as we uh, get into this, and get into this message. Um, I think often people look at, um, as we're getting into this, you look at the image of God and they think, what does that mean? Um, uh, image is the idea here, the image is like an icon or it's like a, a representation of it. Well, a uh, representation of, of God. But as I was studying, as I was looking at this, um, it was um, the idea there was, it's, some people try to define that image in many different ways, but the Bible doesn't specifically 
exactly say what that image is or what that likeness is. Um, it's not, some people will think that it, 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 it includes man's spirit, his soul, his rationality, his will, his mind, his personhood, his immortality, and even his physical body. Um, some people look at that. Um, scripture, does, again, doesn't speak specifically to that. But what it does is that the, the biblical portrait is more holistic. It's the entire man um, as a human being um, is the image of God. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. It's the entire person, us as man, man meaning in a generic sense, man and woman, um, us created in the um, in the image of God. Because we talked about creation last week, and we talked about how God made creation, um, and God and everything that did, God did was good. So we're a part of that creation. And as we said last week, that, that uh, we're created in his image, and that creation is very good. So um, let's look at let's look at our let's look at our scripture here, and let's look at and see what um, God has to say. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So it's that man. It says there is a collaborative approach here, and there's a lot of there's a lot of theology here. But I want us to say let us. So we see here, if you see in verse 26, let us. That means it's plural. In other words. It was, you could see um, the Trinity already in this, because if you look at throughout this whole chapter, you see the Spirit, and you see um, you see the Son in here as well. And if you look at uh, John chapter 1, it talks about Jesus being a part of the creation. Um, so it's, it's God, it's the plurality of God, the Trinity of God, um, and making man in our image. So God... So God what he was trying to do was, is that um, according to our likeness, God wanted to, he made a decision. He made a decision that he wanted to create someone in his own likeness, in his own image. Um, and so he decided, he made the animals, he made the earth, he made the stars, he made um, all the living creatures um, and the plants and the vegetations and and the, the heavenlies, and meaning the, the stars in the sky. Um, he made all those things, but then he made man so that man will be like him because man, God wanted fellowship. God wanted a relationship. And this is so important for us to understand is that so God created man with the idea that he wanted to have a relationship as a part of his, um, as a part of his creation. Um, he wanted to have someone that he could um, communicate with, and that they could communicate back with him. Someone that could represent him here on earth. Someone that could represent his image. In other words, his icon, who he was here on earth. So that's the intent, and that's the purpose that God created. A man for was so that man could uh, represent him here on earth, but also so that man could have a relationship with him. And so that is so critically important is that we were created to God for worship. We weren't created just for ourselves, just to live a life um, with no purpose or no rhyme or no reason. We were created by God. That answers our first question. It says, who are we? 
We are creations of God made in his image. In other words, representing who he is um, in our thinking, in our soul, in our spirit, in our body, in the whole person of who we are as individuals. We are going to represent God. We are the icon of God here on earth. And so, and that's also in the moral character and moral righteousness of, of who God is and everything that he is and everything that he says and everything that he does. So that was his intent and that was his purpose. Um, let's go on here. It says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. So he created them um, man, uh, male and female. So in other words, there was a, he created it with a, with a relationship in mind. He created it so that, um, so that it, it, it says in a, uh, another passage here, it says, it, it was not good for man to be alone. So God took the rib from Adam and he created Eve so that man could have a helper, so that man could have a, um, someone to have a relationship with. And so God created us so that we could have a relationship with him. And so that God created um, uh, man and women so they have a relationship with one another. So we see here that God is creating uh, us in his image, but also with the idea that we can have a relationship with him, but also that we can have a relationship with one another. Now, remember that this relationship was before God's intent was us to, to represent him in a, in, a, in a way here on this earth um, in, a perfect, in a perfect way. But then came the fall. Um, man, we, we, know, we know the story where man sinned, uh, where Adam sinned, Adam and Eve sinned, and then came the fall. And that marred that image of God that more that image of who God is um, in us. And more so people would no longer see the pure image of God in us because of sin, because sin was blocking that. And then that, what happened was that relationship with God was blocked. That relationship with God was uh, hindered. And that even went as far as hindering the relationship between a man and a woman and a husband and a wife and their relationship because of sin. And so what God did was, his whole purpose was that um, he created us to have a relationship with him in a perfect sense. But sin came in the picture, but then God was going to want it, had a purpose in mind, and he had an idea in mind to restore that image of him in us. Let's go on here. It says, God bless them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so do it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and every living creature that moves on the earth. So God gave man dominion over all things. God put him at the apex of his creation. And this is just a little side note. But it says, if you look at this, um, God made man. And at that moment, he made man. Man was. Man did not evolve. Man did not, man came into being in the moment that God said that he would come into being. And so at that moment, he was created um, at, in the image of God at that very moment. So there was no chance that uh, of man evolving from a lower form or a lower form of a creature. That's really important. And also in, in that it was created, God created a man and a woman um, to have a relationship with one another. Um, as a husband and a wife. That's how he created them. And it's exact, 
similar to what way God created us, that he could have a relationship with us, him with us as his people. And it says here, verse 5, five chapter 5, verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man, he made them in his likeness. Again, it's that image, it's that icon of him. He created them male and female and blessed them and named them man in the day that they were created. So here they were in the day that they were created. They were created at one time. God created them uh, in his image. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of his son in his own likeness. In other words, uh, the son that, um, that God, that God uh, blessed Adam with was according to um, his image, according to the image of God, according to the image of Adam. And, um, and he named him Seth. So Seth would be the one that would follow after him. So this is really important that we, we see here that um, God's purpose is, is that we would reflect. Um, God's purpose here is that we reflect his image um, here on earth, but also that we would have a, a relationship with him. He created us um, in his image so we could communicate with him, that we could talk with him, that we could um, experience emotion with him, um, and that we could have that relationship that he so desired because that's what he wanted with us. And it broke his heart when man sinned and that relationship was, was marred. But God had purpose, he had a plan, and now we're going to be looking at that purpose, that plan, which God had um, had given us um, as we look in the New Testament, and we're going to look at God's purpose and plan here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 32. So we see here, Ephesians chapter 4, 22 through 32. Four verses 22 through 32. If we look at this, we see here that, um, that um, as we discuss it, um, from the fall, the image of God in us was marred. We saw that. Okay? And that and our relationship with God was compromised. In other words, um, we are we can't have we couldn't have that open, free communication with God, that relationship with God um, that He had desired and created us for. Um, Christ came so that the image of God in us could be restored and our relationship with him could be healed. So when Jesus came, his purpose was to do what? Was to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us and to wash us, to sanctify us. That means sanctify means to make us clean and to help us restore it and to help us to have that image of him restored in us the image of righteousness and truth, um, so that the world could see the true image of God in us as he forms it, and also so that we could have that, that relationship with God um, that he had so desired um, back when man was originally created uh, before the fall. And so we see here, um, our relationship begins to be healed, that our, when our relationship with him begins to be healed, then our relationship with one another can be healed as well. So. We see here that if, if our relationship with God is right, and that image of him begins to, uh, and his image in us 
image of him in us begins to um, manifest itself and show itself, the world's going to see uh, God for who he is in us. But then also it's going to affect our relationship with him, which can bring healing, but then also should bring healing in our relationship with one another. So let's look at this in verse 25. It says of uh, chapter chapter uh, chapter 4 uh, in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore lay aside falsehood. Speak truth to one another. What, uh, what, with each one of you with his neighbor, we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. So look at those things. I'm not going to look at all those details, but that all has to do with our relationship with one another, doesn't it? Look at that. Uh, laying aside falsehood, not lying to each other. Uh, speak the truth with the, your neighbor um, as members of one another. Be, ang be angry, but sin not, do not sin. Jesus got angry, but he got angry for the right reasons, and he wasn't angry. He didn't get angry, and then he was sinning. And we, we can, it's okay to be angry, but and to be angry at the right things, but at the same time, in your anger, do not sin. And that goes in our relationship with our with each other. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. No, Lord, don't let the sun go down overnight on your anger with someone else. Deal with it. Make sure that you're, that you're, you deal with your relationship with one another. And again, this is so important. If we're in the image of God and we're becoming more like him and we're reflecting him and we're showing him more, the image of him in our lives, it's going to affect our relationship with him, but also our relationship with one another. And so it's good. It should improve our relationship with one another. Um, it says, do, and do not give the devil opportunity. When we allow sin in our lives, and we allow sin and to come in between our relationship between us and God, it mars that relationship, but also it mars our relationship with one another. So it's really important. Um, what happens is the devil loves to get to divide, uh, to get us away from our relationship with God, but also he loves to get us divided against one another and to and and from loving each other and being having a good relationship with them. He loves to do that. But it says here in verse um, 27, do not give the devil an opportunity. So if we deal with the sin in our life, we deal with especially with the sin in our in our relationship with one another, um, what's gonna happen is is that we're we're not gonna give the devil an opportunity to divide us, we're not gonna give the devil an opportunity to destroy us, we're not going to give the devil an opportunity to take us down or take us out. But we're going to we're going to stand strong because we're standing in the image of God. And, we're, and that image reflects love and that image reflects a right relationship with him and a right, right relationship with others. Here's another, here's another, you steal from the steal no longer. Though we can't steal anymore, we, uh, we've got to work hard with our hands. Um, it says, and let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, uh, but only such as good for the edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So when we speak, no gossip. When we speak, we don't speak in anger, saying belittling uh, words and words that are hurtful, words that are um, unkind, words that are mean um, or mean-spirited, um, or with an attitude of, 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 of um, really um, this dislike or hatred or or whatever where the attitude comes from are words towards others 
your attitudes towards others should come, it says here, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. So what kind of words are we to speak to one another? But only such a word as is good for the edification and the need of the moment. So the kind of words we speak to one another should be words that are there for the, for the edification, for the need of the moment. Not to belittle, not to put down, not to gossip, not to do any of those things. So our relationship with God should reflect um, in our speech. And that's so important. It says, six and stone to break your bones and names never hurt. Yes, they do. Names go, uh, words go far deeper than uh, physical wounds do. And wounds, uh, words uh, will go uh, last a lifetime for many people. But if we use words to heal, if we use words to edify, if we use words to build up, if we use words to encourage, that is reflecting the image of God. And so we do it so we can build up and edify. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. When we, when we uh, in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, if we're not acting in, in right uh, accordance uh, to what, how God has showed us and what God has uh, spoken to us about, then what ends up happening is we end up grieving God, we end up grieving His Holy Spirit. And it hurts Him when we don't get along with one another. It hurts Him when we look down on others. It hurts Him when we speak hurtful words to one another. It hurts Him when we have um, racist views towards others and put others down in in, in, in a sense of, of that they're less than we are. And that's not God. It's not God. And we need to learn to be able to speak truth. We need to be able to speak right words and have right hearts and right attitudes. Because when we do, we're displaying the image of God. And that's what the world sees. The world doesn't need to see our opinion. The world needs to see Jesus in us, the image of God in us. It needs to see that. It doesn't need to see our opinion. Our opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about our, our opinion or our word or our heart. And what matters is, is that we're displaying the image of God. We're displaying his truth. We're displaying his word. We're displaying his character to the world so the world can see. And if we're not doing that, then we're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. When you grieve the Holy Spirit of God, then you hurt God, and then you hurt others in the process. And we need to be able to do that in a supernatural way. And I know that this may... This may make people feel uncomfortable, but it's the truth, folks. It's the truth. And we need to start acting like God's people that display Jesus to the world, his image to the world. And it goes with our words. It goes with our attitude. It goes with our very character and who we are. Let's go in verse, in verse uh, 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Put them away. Put them away. Get rid of those stinking attitudes that we have that don't reflect uh, Jesus. We say, well, I can't. Well, I just, uh, um, it's just hard for me. Well, you ask God to help you. If you know you have those attitudes, you know you have those hearts, repent from it. Deal with it. Work, it. work through it in your hearts and deal with those attitudes and those hearts, those things in your heart. Put the bitterness away. Put the anger away. Put the things that people did to you years ago that you keep bringing up and you keep remembering and saying, well, he did this, he said this, he did this. Put it away. Forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. And then bring healing. Let God bring healing in your life. Let God do that work in your heart so that the world can see Jesus. The world does not need to see us. It needs to see Jesus in us, the image of God 
in us, doesn't it? Doesn't need to see John Williams. Doesn't need to see any one of us. It needs to see the image of Jesus in us as we become more like him. Are we going to be perfect? No. But if we're honestly dealing with those attitudes, if we're honestly dealing with those words, if we're honestly dealing with those things in our heart before God, then what's going to happen is that God's going to see, that people are going to see the reality of Jesus. And that's what they need to see. In verse 32, and this is a, 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 it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Has God forgiven you? all the mean, nasty things that we've done. That's, what did John Newton say when he wrote Amazing Grace? Who saved a wretch like me. He understood he was a wretch. He understood that he was a wicked man. He understood the wicked, evil things that he did, but he repented. And he turned away from those things, and he, and he acknowledged the amazing grace of God in his life, but he, made, he was willing to make a change in his life. And so he, would, he, he started treating people kindly. He started, uh, he was tenderhearted. That means showing compassion to one another, uh, forgiving each other, letting it go, letting things go, let them go. You say, well, I can't. Yes, you can. By the grace of God, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. If God forgave you, we also ought to be able to forgive one another. And what does it say in the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our sins, and we also do what? As we forgive those who sin against us. You hear me? So we need to be able to forgive. We need to be able to let go. And we need to be able to deal with the things in our heart so we can have a, a, a tender hearted. We can, have, we, can, we can start being kind to one another. So we can be tender hearted towards one another. So we can be forgiving of each other, just as God has done to us, hasn't he? Has God treated us? Has God forgiven us? Absolutely. Has God been kind to us? Absolutely. Has God loved us? Absolutely. To the point that he was willing to give his only son, Jesus, so that we could have eternal life and have a relationship with him. Absolutely. So therefore, we need to do the same. We need to reciprocate the same. We need to be able to do that uh, in our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, because that is the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him and the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with one another. Amen? Amen. Let's go on to our last passage. According to his image, Colossians 3, verses 9 through 17. As Christians, it is God's design and desire to have us renewed to the original image he intended us to from the beginning. The image of one who created us. This is through a perfect man, Jesus Christ. A renewal in which there is no distinction between any racial groups. A renewal which displays itself in our relationship with one another. And so it's a relationship with God. It's our relationship with one another. It says, do not, what is it again here it says? Um, it says here again in verse 9, it says, do not lie to one another. Stop lying to each other. Stop lying to each other. We need to stop lying to each other. Again, that goes in our relationship to speak. And since you laid aside the old self with the evil practices, when we came to Christ, what did we do? We laid aside our old self, didn't we? The old self means the old man, the corrupted man, the man uh, before Christ. We laid aside those things, those attitudes, those things, and we uh, we need to put off those practices. In other words, to make a decision, to make a choice, a decision to say, okay, I'm going to put off those things and put on the new self, which has created me. What it says, and I put on the new self. Verse 10, 
who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So we're putting on the new self. The new self is what? It's in Christ. So in Christ, we're able to, we're putting on, we're putting on Christ. That is, Christ was a perfect image of God, wasn't he? Christ was a perfect image of God. So that God's desire and God's purpose is so that we'll be restored to the perfect image of God pre um, fall, pre the fall of uh, Adam and Eve, pre the fall of man, that, that perfect relationship, that perfect way, the perfect image of God that would show that he um, is in us. And so Christ came so that we could do that through him. Um, and so uh, to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. So he wants us, uh, as we come, as we come, as believers in Christ, he wants us to come to that place where he wants us to reflect Christ. And the only way that we can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ uh, uh, who lives inside of us through his spirit. Amen. And so that's what he desires for us. Um, and look at this, folks. It says, a renewal in which there is no distinction between what? Greek and Jew. In other words, Gentile and Jew. Circumcised and uncircumcised. It doesn't matter with the Jewish law. Uh, Jews were looking, according to the law, you had to be circumcised. But if you're not, God's not making a distinction here. It says, between barbarian, that means like a, not, like a Gentile. Not like a barbarian, like a, um, as we think of in terms of that, but a Gentile. Um, someone who is a non um, non-Christian, Cynthia, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So in other words, what, what was he saying there? What was he saying? He was talking about relation. He was talking about racial lines. He was talking about racial groups of people. Groups of people. So does Christ just look at, does Christ just save some people? Does he give some groups more privilege than others? Does he put one group above the other? Absolutely not. Does he save, say, well, I'm not going to save that group because they're a pretty bad group of people. I'm not going to save this group. I'm not going to save this group. I'm not going to save this group. I'm not going to deal with that group or this group. They're all creations of God, but originally created what? In his image, aren't they? they it says, in scripture passage says that God desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repent. All means everyone, no matter what group of people they are. They need to, need, need to have come to a place where they are, um, um, we need to look at each other in the same eyes in the same way that God does. No matter what group of people they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what they've done, it doesn't matter. Because God forgives, doesn't he? God forgives our sin. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago uh, with the, the, the adulterous woman. He forgave her, so shouldn't we? Absolutely. And so we think about those things. And in our relationship with one another, Jesus came so that we could be healed, so we could have a right relationship with God, but also he came so that we could have a right relationship with one another, and we can do that in Christ. We can do that in Christ, and, and, it's, and, the, and, and that groups of people include everyone, includes all groups of people, no matter who they are, no matter where they are, no matter what part of the planet they are, no matter what part of the neighborhood they are, no matter where they come from or where they are, it's God's desire that they should have a relationship with him and that we and that and that we need to look at them in the same way that God looks at us. We need to look at the same way that God look as God looks at us and looks at his people and loves us. 
cares for us and is kind towards us, we need to do the same with whoever the groups of people are that are out there, we need to do the same. We need to do the same with people. We need to deal with those things in our heart. If there's things that we're hard, we have attitudes in our heart toward people, we have attitudes in our heart towards others that are not right, um, that's not God's attitude. That's our attitude, that's our opinion, that's things that we've learned, that's things that we develop and we need to deal with. So those who have, it says, look at this verse 12. So those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Those are characteristics of God. Those are part of his image that he wants to create in us. And those are part of the, the image that he wants to do in us in our relationship with one another. He wants us to be to have a heart of compassion with one another. He wants us to be kind to one another. He wants us to show humility towards one another. He wants us to be gentle towards one another and patient towards one another. Bearing with one another. In other words, you, you bear with one another, you put up with one another. To patients, some, to people sometimes um, it's difficult and get on our nerves sometimes. Yes, they do. People do. They do it all the time. We do get on other people's nerves as well. But we need to learn to bear with one another. We need to learn to bear with um, and sometimes put up with people. People are not perfect. People have their idiosyncrasies. People are not perfect individuals. The only perfect individual is Jesus. And so we need to uh, come to a place where we understand that um, and forgiving each other. We need to understand that we're able to forgive. We're able to show um, forgiveness towards one another. But rather than complain against one another, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So, in other words, forgiving. Don't put away the complaints. We have a lot of complaints, don't we? We can complain about everything under the sun. But let's deal with our complaints uh, towards one another. Let's deal with them and let's be able to forgive and let it go. Because God has done that with us and we need to do that with one another. Beyond all these things, do what? Verse 14. This is the thing. So we take the old self off. In other words, the old character that we were, um, we put on the new self, which is Christ, and the characteristics that Christ has shown us, and we put on, but on all these things, we put on that love. That's the old, the love, that, that agape love, that shows that we expect nothing in return. The brotherly love, the phileo love, where it comes from, where we get the Philadelphia from. Phileo love. Phileo means that brotherly type of love. And we love one another, folks. Because that's what the world needs to see. They need to see um, the love of Jesus. And then what does it say here? Which is the perfect bond of unity. So we're loving with, with God's love towards one another. That's the perfect bond of unity. We see a lot of disunity in our country, in our world today. You want you want real unity in our world, you want real unity, then we start with us. And then we start beginning to love one another, we begin to start being kind to one another, and, and showing humility toward one another, and bearing with one another, and being patient with one another. Then, and we put on love, and we start loving one another, letting things go. Then the world's going to see that, and what's going to do that? It's going to bring a unifying effect. It's going to have a unifying effect. Do we want unity in this world? Absolutely. Do we want unity among us as believers? Absolutely. But we need to start dealing with us as individuals first, 
and then we can um, we need to start dealing with those things um, in our lives. Um, it's so important, folks. It's so important, and I speak from the bottom of my heart, folks. I do. This is God's heart. And it breaks his heart when we don't look at others with the same eyes that he looks at them. One another. He had compassion on us. We need to have compassion on others. He was patient with us, hasn't he? Yeah. He's been kind to us and gracious to us. He's bared with us. He's put up with us. Yet he's still kind and loving towards us. And, and we, we need to do the same. We need to show that image, his image, the image of his character, speaking truth to one another. We can't be lying to one another and being phony and hypocritical. We need to put away those racist views that we have towards others. We need to put them away, folks. I'm speaking honestly from my heart. We need to put it away. And we can say, well, I don't have any. Well, you need to check your heart. We all need to check our heart. Make sure that, you know, our hearts are right before God, and our hearts are right between God, God and man. I mean, God, between us and God, and God and man, our fellow man. Okay? Well, let's go on here. So verse 14. Let the let, and verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So let God's peace rule in your heart. Uh, to which indeed you were called in one body. In other words, there's that one body. In other words, that oneness, that unity. And we're loving one another, we're gonna have that unity. And we're gonna have his peace. And we're gonna have it, we're gonna have a true peace, a peace that passes understanding. Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you. In other words, like God's word, the word, the truth is we're not just the word, but the truth of God's word, the power of God's word. Let it rule in our hearts. Let it be active in our hearts. Let it be a part of our hearts and within you. And with all wisdom, in the words of wisdom that comes from God, um, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with one thankfulness in your hearts uh, to God. In other words, that's where true worship can come in. That's where we're able to truly worship God and truly as we sing and we encourage one another and as we um, uh, build up one another and we sing and we worship God. And whatever you do in word and deed, verse 17, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So when our relationship with God is right, the icon of God um, that, um, that we can is being restored in us through Christ, um, and we're having a right relationship with God, and we're beginning to have a right relationship with one another, what begins to happen? Um, it begins to change our character. Right? And then it begins to we begin to show the image of Christ, the image of God in our lives. Um, and it says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So that our words and our deeds will begin to reflect Jesus in all that we do, in all that we say whatever that is, whatever that may be. Um, but let God do that in our hearts, folks. Um, God has I know in my own life, folks, God has done a supernatural work in my life. He has one of my God saved, he is now. 
And God has shown me this, not he's shown me in a supernatural way, even now for this day and time that we're in. And he's always been speaking to me, and I've always been sharing with you and preaching about it, is our love for him and our love for one another. And showing Christ. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that and speak that. I'm not going to sugarcoat God's word, because that's what it is. But he's showing me that in our world today, it's no in our world today that we need Jesus. People need to see Jesus. And people need to see Jesus. And they need to see the reflection, the image of him in us. Because that sometimes is the only way that they're going to be able to see it. There are people in your sphere of influence and, and, and whom you come in contact with and you have a relationship with that I'll never know, that I'll never be able to speak with, that I'll never have a relationship with, but you will. And you desire for them to be saved. Well, they need to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus in you. They need to see in your relationship with him, which is real, in your relationship with one another and with others. They need to see to show the love of Jesus, the kindness of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, the forbearance of Jesus, patience of Jesus. They need to see that. When they do, what a wonderful difference that this world We'll see. And how and what does the scriptures and what does the song say? That they will know. Well, it says in John chapter 13, it says, and you will know that you are my disciples by what? By the love that you have for They don't see that love. They don't see that reflecting our words and our attitudes and our actions towards one another. And then they're not going to see Jesus in us. And stop making we can't stop. We need to stop making excuses. We need to stop making excuses for the sin in our lives, the attitudes in our lives, and the views in our lives that are not right before God. And we need to start dealing with that. So God can bring healing. So the true image, the true reflection, the true picture of who God is in us can be seen to the world. And that can heal our relationship with Him. Because if our relationship with man is right, then our relationship with God is going to be. But if our relationship with man is not right, it's going to hinder our relationship with him. So our relationships are not right here on the horizontal. They're not going to be right on the vertical. They won't. And so we need to understand that. And we need to have that as an attitude in our hearts. And I think that I know that that is the answer for the world's issues today. That's the reason why we were created. It goes back to my original question. We were created by God in his image so that we could have a relationship with him, but also we could have a relationship with one another and we could affect one another. So let's do it, folks. Let's do it. And see, and see, what, and see how your relationship soars with individuals, to see how your relationship soars with God. You'll start hearing God's voice more clearly. Start knowing his heart more intimately. And you'll see what a true believer you really are in your, in your relationship with him and your relationship with God. Because that's what, that's what Jesus would want. I know that for us as believers, you want to please Jesus. You want to please his heart. And you want, to, you want to do what's right for him, before him, before him. 
Let's start doing it. If there's people that you know in your heart, folks, you don't have, you have racist views towards, or if you have unforgiving things towards people, or if you have negative views towards people where they're, where you haven't forgiven them, or you look down with people um, from different, from now from the right neighborhood, and you don't look at them with that right heart or that right attitude, Ask God to forgive you. Say, God, show me these attitudes in my heart. Show me these things in my heart. Jesus, give me a heart of repentance. Give me a heart of repentance, God. Give me a heart that knows that I've hurt you and I've hurt others. Jesus, I acknowledge your sins. I ask that you forgive me. Show me mercy. And help me to begin to, to love you the way I should to love others the way it should with your heart. And ask God for forgiveness. And if there's believers, if you know not Jesus, and you want Jesus in your heart, and you want to begin to be able to um, see that image of him truly lived out, begin to open up your heart to Jesus today. Allow him today to come into your heart. Allow him today to be able to um, come inside of you and change begin to change you not going to be perfect overnight no one ever is except for jesus but we will be once we go home to be with him but it's a sanctification ongoing changing process as we deal with our hearts but if you want to now is the perfect time to be able to do that this moment to be able to um uh to be able to uh deal with your heart and be able to have jesus in your heart so let's Again, let's pray. If you want to know Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. Um, and if you want to confess your sins to him, then um, let's do that as well. Heavenly Father, I thank you, O oh God. Thank you, O oh God, for your mercy. Jesus, um, uh, Holy Spirit, I thank you for um, speaking to me this morning. And I understand that I'm a sinner. I understand that I've sinned against you. I understand that I've hurt you. I understand that I've, um, I've hurt other people. I've said hurtful things. I've done hurtful things. Um, and I just ask for your mercy and forgiveness, oh God. Please forgive me and show me mercy. Uh, Jesus, for all the sins that I've done, please cover me with your precious blood. I ask you to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life, to be the master of my life today. Please come in and change me. Uh, I receive you into my life um, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And I thank you, Jesus, um, for what you're going to do in my life. And for those of us who um, uh, need to change our hearts, and ask God to change our hearts. Uh, Father, we, um, Father, please forgive us. Forgive me, God, for any attitudes in my heart that haven't been right, oh God. Anything there that's not way I look at others, the way I treat others, the way I speak to others, the attitude they have towards others. God, any other sins in my life, oh God, they're not right. Um, please forgive me, oh God, and please show me mercy. Um, please uh, cleanse my heart of all sin. Uh, as it says in as it says in, um, in Psalm 51, David prays is against you, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So Jesus, um, against you ultimately that we have sinned. 
So please forgive us and show us mercy, we pray. Amen. So, Father, we ask, O oh God, that you would just cleanse us and wash us thoroughly of all of our sins. Thank you, Father. Let's pray with the Lord. Let's pray the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, both now and forever. Amen. And Father, I pray you to miss your people with their peace, with their joy, with your very presence in their lives, in our lives. In Jesus' name. Know that as you pray those prayers, believe what you prayed. Um, as first as first John says, um, says, if we if we know that we if we if we if we if we ask God, um, we, if we know, we know that he hears us, we know that we have that which we ask of him. So that means we know that God hears us, we can have that. If our hearts are sincere, sincere and right for him, he can, um, he'll, he will answer us according to those things, according to his will. So believe it. If you've received Jesus for the first time, amen. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from the things that you've been doing, amen, wonderful. And receive it and know that he's heard you and know that he's heard you. And if you need the folks in the Bible, um, you can go online, you can order one from Amazon. Um, uh, you can order one from, uh, or you can order one from CBD, Christian Book Distributors. Um, that's always a good uh a place to get uh, biblical material and Bibles and other uh, Bible study resources. But also, um, I'm available if you need me. You can just email me, my Pastor John at crescentbiblechurch.org. If you need to contact me, I'll be available. I'll make myself available to communicate with you. Uh, amen. Um, amen. And um, we will be uh, in two weeks. Um, well, two weeks from today, we'll be getting our live service um, in the building again, once again. Um, so please come out and join us at that point as well. Two weeks from today, we'll be getting our, our live service once again. And I'll give you further updates on that as well. Have a blessed, wonderful day. May His peace, may His joy, and very presence go with you. May you reflect, may we all reflect the image of Jesus. The image of God in us through the sciences. Yeah?